Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Hopefully, you've been listening along the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, where we've been talking about year-end items that you need to be thinking about as we get closer to 1231, because everybody knows that once 1231 hits, most tax strategies get thrown out the door. Now, there's some opportunities available. There's some things we can do after 1231, but the majority of the tax strategies that we want to take advantage of are out the door. And that's why it's so vital to be digging into the things we're talking about here on the podcast at the end of the year now. Today, I kind of want to wrap all that stuff up, wrap up a lot of the things that we've been talking about all year and just be that kind of final checklist to say, yep, I got that done or yep, I got that done. We're going to go through everything that we need to do. And because we have so many things to go through, we're actually going to make this a two-part series. So we're going to talk about half of it today and then half of it next week on next week's episode. So we're going to break it up into two separate pieces. But let's dive in. The first thing that I want to talk about is this idea of an S corporation. And for those of you that are like, I don't know what an S corporation is, we talk about it all the time on the podcast. Go back, check out some of the previous things that we've done. We've done a full series on it. Every year we do an episode that kind of catches us up on it. But essentially, an S corporation is a way to help minimize the amount that you pay in self-employment taxes. And it's a tax strategy that we recommend for a lot of people once their income starts to hit a certain point where the self-employment tax is getting pretty heavy, we utilize the S-Corporation to help offset that. Now, basically, an S-Corporation is simply just a tax election. You need to have an LLC set up or a corporation set up, and then we're electing for it to be taxed as an S-Corporation. So now is the time here before the end of the year, if you have a business that is doing pretty well or had a good year here in 2023, and it's a business that you likely would want to be an S corporation, you have the opportunity now to do a late election on that business, to do a late election, run a payroll before 1231 and make 2023 the year that you can be an S corporation for the full year. Now, the big thing to be thinking about here is that we talk about with an S corporation that you have to have an LLC or corporation set up. So if you're sitting here in November and you have no LLC or corporation set up, and you're just running as a sole proprietor, there's nothing we can do from your income all the way up until this point. So one thing that I would say there is if your business is starting to make some money, you think that this year is going to end well and into next year and you're still operating as a sole proprietor, take the time now. Get an LLC set up because once we have that LLC set up, now that we know we can elect S-Corp status whenever it makes sense for our business. But without that LLC set up, if we all of a sudden have a killer year or have a great deal that goes through under that sole proprietorship, now we can't take advantage of that S-Corp opportunity. So if you're operating as a sole proprietorship and you're starting to churn in your business, starting to see some progress, and you think an S-Corp might be something in the future, do some legwork now to get that LLC set up so that when the S-Corp does make sense, we can do that S-Corp late election on your LLC. Now, if you have an LLC set up already this year and you're having a great year, your profit is over $50,000 and that's before paying yourself. So you expect to kind of have your business profit $50,000 or more. You're definitely going to want to look into an S corporation and we can do a late election. So as long as you've had the LLC and you've been operating under the LLC all year long, 
if an S-Corp makes sense for you and go back and check out our episodes that we've done on S-Corporations. And if you're making over $50,000 a year, generally, we're going to say an S-Corp probably is, is going to be a great option for you. But if an S-Corp is right for you, now is the time that we can do a late election. Request to backdate that S-Corp election as of January 1st, 2023. And we can run some payroll now before year end to get caught up. And we can make 2023 a year, the entire year that we were elected and taxed as an S-Corporation. And you might be thinking, payroll, what, what does payroll mean? And if you've, if you've been around for a while, you know that with an S-Corporation, you, you need to take a reasonable salary as the owner of the business. You're required by law to take a reasonable salary as the owner of the business. So that's that payroll piece. And that's something we want to do before 1231. So if you're saying, hey, I'm looking to be profiting over $50,000 this year. I'm currently operating as a single member LLC, no S-Corp election. Great. You're in a great position where now we can do a late election, backdate it to January 1st, make sure you get payroll set up and ran before 1231. And now you're going to be an S corporation, not only for 2023, but every year after that moving forward as well, which can be a great thing, an awesome, incredible way to save on self-employment taxes. Now I want to flip the switch and talk to those of you that are already S corporations. So you've realized, hey, there's some tax saving potential with the S corporation. I'm already operating as an S corporation. What do you need to know as we're getting close to year end? Well, we're going to revisit that same idea is that salary. Make sure that you have ran your reasonable salary. Make sure you revisited it. Is your salary still reasonable? Are you taking the amount, the correct amount of salary? Are you taking too much salary? Are you taking too low salary? Whatever it is, we need to make sure we're taking some salary and it needs to be reasonable. Those are the requirements. So revisit your salary before year end and make sure, yeah, that salary is reasonable. I have support to back that up. That salary makes sense. Make sure that your salary is reasonable enough but also, you don't need to go higher than, the, than you need to with your salary because you're just paying more in self-employment taxes or in this case, FICA taxes as you increase that salary. So do a salary relook. If you haven't ran salary and you're operating as an S corporation, do it now. Go to Gusto right now. Go to your payroll provider right now. Start running your salary. Get that through the system so that you know that salary is out the door and ran before 1231. If you've been running salary, just make sure do a checkup on it. Make sure it's reasonable enough. Make sure the amount's right. If you need to kind of skip December payroll because you've taken too much, great. If you need to run a bonus in December because you haven't taken enough, great. Make sure you're doing that checklist of things like that. We also have a full episode that we did on what is a reasonable salary and how do we determine that. So definitely check that out as well. Another thing is if you're self-employed or if you're an S-Corp owner and you're paying, you have health insurance that you're paying for yourself out of your business or paying for it personally, but you're a self-employed individual, an S-Corp owner that's paying for your own health insurance, there's something special that we need to do with that in order to get the deduction. As an S-Corporation, it's fully deductible. Health insurance premiums are fully deductible always and, and, and all the time. But as an S-Corporation, we need to jump through some hoops for it. We need to take that health insurance as a business expense in the business. We need to add it to our W-2 payroll, and then we're going to get the deduction again on our personal side. So we get a business deduction for it. We're going to add it to our W-2 payroll, which increases our payroll, which, hey, if you're looking for more payroll you need to take, this is a great way to bump that payroll up, add your health insurance, make sure you're taking advantage of that. So we increase our payroll and then we, again, get that deduction. We file our personal tax return. So if you haven't been adding payroll, or if you haven't had your health insurance costs factored into your W-2 payroll, make sure you reach out to your payroll provider before year end and let them know, 
hey, here's the amount of self-employed health insurance, S-Corp owner health insurance premiums that were paid, and they're going to need to do a true up on the payroll side to make sure it's included in your W-2. This is something if you're using Gusto, they know exactly what this is. You can reach out to them, talk to them. If you're working with another payroll provider, they should also know exactly what this is. Now, if you are the owner, if you're an S-Corp owner with health insurance premiums, how it's reported is different than your employees. So make sure you're very clear when you're talking to your payroll provider that you need to gross up your W-2 payroll with your self-employed health insurance premiums as an S-Corp owner, and they should know exactly what to do. The final piece here is the accountable plan. So we did an episode on this a few weeks back, but again, accountable plan is just a fancy word for reimbursement. It's a way that we can reimburse ourselves personally for items that we paid for that were either 100% business or a business and personal mix. So accountable plan is an especially important way as an S corporation, how we get home office deduction, maybe an automobile deduction, maybe cell phone and internet deductions and things like that. So check out that episode there, but make sure that you have an accountable plan in place and you've made that reimbursement one way or the other before you're in to make sure that everything's kind of buttoned up there. Again, the accountable plan is how if you're an S Corp owner, it's how you get the home office deduction. If you have a, a, a vehicle that's in your personal name, it's how we get a deduction for that. If you have any other items that are business and personal mix that you're paying for personally, we use an accountable plan to reimburse ourselves for that. And so that's a great tool that we want to just make sure that we're doing it correctly. So Final wrap up on S corporations. If this is a year that an S corporation makes sense and you're not currently an S corporation, but you have an LLC already set up, make sure that you look into it. If you qualify, if it makes sense, do a late election, run your salary, and now you're an S corp for 2023. If you've been thinking about this S corporation, but you're operating as a sole proprietorship, you don't have that LLC set up right yet. Make sure you get that LLC set up now so that next year in 2024, we can look at that S corporation as an option there. If you're already an S corporation, make sure that you're revisiting your salary to make sure you're still taking a reasonable salary. If you're paying for health insurance premiums out of pocket, make sure you're adding that the correct way to your payroll as an S corp owner. And also make sure that you're taking care of your accountable plan, your reimbursements, making sure that's all recorded, buttoned up and input on file as well. So that's the S corp year end items I just kind of want to touch on. The next thing I want to talk about is this idea of maximizing deductions. And we talk about this a lot here on our podcasts, on, on Tax Elm, our software, the things that we do. Maximizing deductions, just this idea of, hey, we're not saying go out and buy things and, and go out purchase things that you don't need to get a tax deduction because ultimately you're not saving tax. You're not, you're saving tax in that, but you're not saving money. As an example, let's say you're in the 25% tax bracket. You go out and buy something for $1,000. Sure, you're saving $250 in taxes by making that business purchase, but you just paid $1,000. So you're out a full thousand to save 250. That doesn't make sense. Now, if you need those items, if you need that new computer, if you need that new truck, if you need that new piece of equipment, sure, let's take advantage of it. Let's utilize that to our advantage. But we're not saying go out and buy things you don't need just for tax deduction. That doesn't make sense. So we talk about this concept of maximizing deductions. We're saying, let's look at the spending. Let's look at the things that you're doing on an everyday business already and see if there's a way that we can find a business purpose for it and make sure we're taking a deduction for that. So think of things like the home office deduction. If you have a home office and taking that deduction as a home office, as a business owner, whether you take that deduction or not, your costs are the same. You still had that same home or that same apartment that you're living in. You still had to pay that same rent or you still had that same utility bill, regardless of if you take the deduction or not. So that's this idea of you're doing this spending anyways. Let's just make sure we're taking advantage of it and we're, we're keeping record of it and we're recording it as a business expense. So that's where we kind of always want to be thinking about this maximizing deductions. 
You're, you're buying equipment, you're buying cell phones, you're buying computers, you're buying desks, you're buying furnitures. Is there a way this is tied to your business? And how do we make sure and ensure that we're getting a business deduction, deduction for that spending that we're doing? So we always want to be visiting every time we're swiping our card. Is there a business purpose for this? Can I back it up? Is it reasonable and necessary in my business to make this purchase? If so, let's make sure we're taking advantage of that. So the end of the year poses a great opportunity where we can revisit that. Go through your personal credit card savings. Go through the spending that you've done on your personal side and say, hey, was there some things in here that maybe I put as a personal expense, not even thinking, but now I can add to my accountable plan I can take as a business deduction. We're talking about meals. You might be having a family meal coming up. That is, do you have your family on your board? Is there ways, are you meeting with family members? Are you meeting with friends that happen to be clients that you're talking to business with, that you're asking for advice for your business? Well, oftentimes, business owners will say, well, that's just a personal meeting. It's a friend. But if the friend is also your client or also your advisor, or also somebody that you consult with, that's a business meeting that you had with them, even though they are your friend. So let's start to be thinking about those opportunities. Again, we have full series. We have full episodes on this. This is just that reminder that, hey, we're getting close to your end. Go through, do some research, go through some of the spending you've already done and make sure that you're taking advantage of this if you haven't already. The other thing that kind of go along with this is that idea of a board meeting. Every small business owner should have some type of board. Whether you are a solo business owner with no employees or whether you have 100, 200 employees and a, a big group of investors, whatever it might be, every business should have a board. And as part of that, they're going to have board meetings. That might be monthly, that might be quarterly, that might be just an annual meeting that you have. But this is your opportunity to get uh, ability to do travel, the ability to have meal expenses for people that are on your board. Now, your board can be family members, it can be friends, close advisors of you. You choose and pick who you want on your board, but it serves as a great opportunity to, again, get tax deductions for some of this traveling, some of these meals, some of these things that, that you're going to really enjoy doing with people that you love, but also getting a business deduction for it because you're doing business at these meetings. You're asking about the board. You're going through the financials. You're asking for advice. You're talking about where your business is going. So setting up your board and hosting those board meetings is a very important piece of this kind of entire puzzle that we're looking at as well. Again, we did an episode on board meetings. So if you want to check that out, definitely do that as well. The other thing we want to talk about is the 14-day home rental rule, the Augusta rule. We did an episode on this a few weeks back, but this kind of goes along with that board meeting. A lot of times we say, hey, we're going to hold those board meetings. We're going to do a monthly board meeting. Whoever is on our board is going to be there. We're going to go through how's our business performing today? How are, what are some future plans? What are we doing in our business that we plan to do differently? And how are we helping out? It's a good opportunity to let those around what's going on, but then also get an outsider's perspective on, hey, what could they change? What advice can they do since they're not in the business on an everyday day-to-day basis? What advice can they bring to the table to help impact you and your business? So board means are a great opportunity. Now, well, oftentimes we say, let's use the 14-day home rental rule to help take advantage of this. Can we rent out our home to our business for to host these board meetings that we're doing? That's an opportunity. Do you have a client that's coming over, that's staying over, that you're hosting in town and they're, and they're staying by you? That's an opportunity for the 14-day home rental. Do you have a team member that's staying over? Are you hosting a retreat at your house? That's another opportunity. Again, the 14-day home rental, and we've talked about this in the past, but I just want to revisit it again. The 14-day home rental rule is a great way to get a business deduction and pay no income tax on that money you receive. Basically, what it says is that if you rent out your home for 14 days or less, you don't have to report income on that. The IRS put the clause in there that if you're Rental of a personal residence is 14 days or less. 
You don't have to owe income taxes on that. So we flipped the switch and said, okay, how can we utilize this to our advantage? Can we rent our home to our business, get a business deduction and pay no income taxes on that? Absolutely. We need to make sure we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's. Why are we renting our home? Is it for a board meeting? Is a client staying over? Are we hosting a retreat? Do we have a team member staying over? Do we have some other type of consultation? Are we setting up something in our living room for a recording that we're doing? Why are we renting our home for our business? And this is separate from the home office. So the home office, different item. This would be something that occurs in your home outside of your home office. So separate from your home office. But is there some a way that we can rent out our personal residence to our business where our personal day resident or total days rented at our personal residence is 14 days or less? If there's a way we can do that, now we can get a business deduction and pay no income taxes on that. So check out the episode that we did on that. But here's our last kind of opportunity here as we get into the end of the year. Make sure that if you are utilizing this strategy, you have your documentation on file to help back it up and to support it. Make sure you have that documentation there, as well as making sure that you make the payment before 1231 so that you get that deduction. And then again, you don't have to report it as income taxes on that. The other thing we want to talk about today is funding retirement accounts. Funding retirement accounts is, again, a, a great strategy to utilize within your business. And so if you're operating as a, a business with no employees, we're going to look at a SEP IRA or a solo 401k. Traditionally, we're going to look lean more towards that solo 401k if you're looking to maximize deductions, maximizing the amount that you can put into retirement accounts. You have no employees. We're going to lean towards that solo 401k as being the best option to put the most towards retirement. We do a retirement series every year with Matt Ruttenberg over at Life Inc. Retirement Services. So if you want more on that, if you want to get introduced to him, just let me know. I can get you introduced to him. But make sure that you're funding those retirement accounts to make sure and factoring that into your payroll and everything else when it comes to that. So that's where we're going to stop for today. We're going to finish up next week with the remaining items. But I just kind of want to go through a summary again of where we've been. What are some things now that we're getting close to that 1231 mark? What are some things we want to cross off the off our box? And maybe think of this as a checklist. Write these things down and start checking off to say, yep, took care of that. Yep, took care of that. Yep, got tax savings here. These are the things we want to be making sure that we're doing. And this was meant as an overview. We've gone through every single one of these items previously in much more detail. So if you're like, I want to know more about that strategy. I have no clue what he's talking about here. Go look into that where we go into more detail so then you can start crossing it off and saying, yep, took care of this. Again, with S corporations, if you're not an S corporation, but you have an LLC set up, there's still time. We can do a late S corp election, backdate it to January 1st, send it into the IRS, run payroll, and you're going to be an S corp for 2023 and potentially see massive tax savings on the self-employment side. If you're already operating as an S corporation, revisit your salary. Is your salary level enough? Are you taking a reasonable enough salary Do you, and can you help back that up and support it? Is your salary level too high? Do we need to maybe say, hey, let's skip December because we're way over what is reasonable. We're overpaying ourselves, which in turn is making us pay more FICA than necessary. So revisit your salary. Make sure you're the right amount. If you're an S corporation and you have not ran payroll yet to yourself as the owner, make sure you do that before 1231, especially if you're taking distributions. If you're an S corporation, owner and you're paying for health insurance premiums out of pocket, make sure you're treating them correctly. We're taking, we're running them through the business, getting a business deduction. We're grossing it up on your W-2 as S-Corp owner health insurance premiums. Make sure you let your payroll provider know exactly what you're doing there. And then you're getting the deduction again on the personal side. The end result is you get a deduction for it. You just have to jump through some hoops specifically if you're an S-Corporation owner. And this also adds to your W-2 payroll, which can be a great thing. 
And then also make sure you have your accountable set up in place and make sure that reimbursement is made. Accountable plan is a way to get a business deduction for uh, or to reimburse yourself from the business, get that business deduction for things like home office, a personally owned automobile, cell phone and internet, just anything that's basically that you've paid for personally that is 100% business or has some type of business personal mix. We need an accountable plan set up and in place and a reimbursement made to get that full deduction for it. Make sure you're maximizing deductions. Again, go through some of the spending you've done. Make sure that you're looking at, okay, every time I sweat my card, can there be a business purpose for this? Is there a way that this expense can be a personal business expense and I can get a business deduction for it? Think of things like furniture. Think of things like electronics. Think of things like meals and entertainment and travel. Travel is an incredible opportunity that we utilize to take, take advantage of from a business standpoint. So make sure you're revisiting kind of those things and taking advantage of everything you can here before 1231. If you have happened to pay for some of those things personally already and you're just now realizing it and you have the support to back it up, the business purpose, make sure you add that to your accountable plan. Make sure that's part of your reimbursement. Hold your board meetings or set up your board meetings for your business and board meetings are necessary regardless of your size. They can be helpful in so many different ways, not just the tax savings. That's what we're going to kind of hone in on is the tax savings and how you can utilize a board meeting to take advantage of meals, travel, dining, those types of things. But remember, there's other benefits for your business over and above just those tax pieces. And remember, 14-day home rental rule, that Augusta rule is a way that we can utilize, or board meeting is oftentimes a way that we can utilize that 14-day home rental rule. But 14-day home rental rule basically just says we rent our home out, personal residence out for 14 days or less in total throughout the year. It's not taxable income to us. So how can we rent out our home to our business for 14 days or less, get a business deduction and pay no income tax on that income that we received from our business? Great opportunity to shift income there. And then finally, again, look at your retirement account. Whether you have no employees, you might be looking at a SEP IRA or a solo 401k, a solo 401k, especially if you want to maximize the amount that you put in, into retirement. If you are operating with a business with employees, you're probably looking at a simple IRA or a safe harbor 401k. Make sure you make those retirement contributions. Make sure you make those retirement contributions. Make sure they're factored into your W-2. And if you don't have a retirement account set up, something we want to be thinking about as well, I can get you introduced to Matt Ruttenberg over at Life Inc. Retirement Services to help you set up and look at that retirement piece. So I just want to say thank you. Again, use this as your checklist. This is meant to be a summary of things that we've been talking about all year long and for many years. This is that summary piece to say, okay, let's go down that list. Did I take care of these things? Use this as your summary. Start checking them off and make sure that you're implementing these things before 1231 because guess what? We're almost there. We're almost to the end of the year. And with holidays coming through, the next thing it's going to be 1231. Now is the time to take action. This is one of those episodes that you need to hop off, is take your headphones off and go to work immediately after listening to this one. We got to finish this up next week where we're going to take everything we've talked about today and dig even deeper into more strategies. And that'll be our final main piece of what we want to say. Okay, what do we want to do before year end? That's going to be another important one. So make sure you tune into next week. We talk about that. I want to thank you for listening to another episode. And I will see all of you next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.